Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to another episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales success in the Sales Chat Show studio. Mr. Graham Jones, Mr. Phil Jessen, and I am Simon Hazeldean. And today's topic is around leading change. So, what does this have to do with salespeople, sales managers, sales leaders? Well, the way customers buy has changed, the way people procure has changed, technology is changing, society is changing, and obviously we're all too aware of the high-profile companies, casualties that have gone into receivership or administration or have suffered poor financial performance is that often we would suggest is a result of their inability to change, to change the way they're doing things. And what does that mean for sales professionals in an ever-changing world? How do we need to be changing? Um, Phil, you're going to kick us off on this. You've got some thoughts on this? Uh, Well, in fact, they're not mine. I'm going to uh, quote you some words from Rosabeth Moss Cantor, bit of a mouthful, an American writer, And uh, she said a good 20 years ago that uh, if an organisation changes faster than the outside world, it will survive and grow. Uh, And if an organisation does not change faster than the outside world, it will die. It is just a matter of when. So that's quite a sort of a sobering and rather serious comment to kick off with. But I think it does raise for me the issue of how, particularly at director level, uh, how directors try and look at the future and gauge what's going to happen. Um, so it's uh, time for a matrix. Are you ready for a matrix? A matrix. Oh, like a matrix. Time for a matrix. That was a good movie. Sure. <laughs> Not that one. Uh, So the matrix I have in mind, if you could picture it in your mind, Uh a typical sort of four square or nine square, if you want a low, medium and high type of grading in it. But it's all about the probability of something happening. And the other axis is the impact of it. Okay. So So if you think about looking at the future, things that might happen in the outside world or things that happen inside our organisation, what we should be looking for is that box that says this is high probability and if it happens, it will have a high impact on us. That's the box that organisations need to be looking at years ahead of that actual event coming up. And we would guess that the marketing function and the sales function if they are two separate functions, are likely to have their finger on the pulse of a lot of these things because they are well, closer often to the customer base than you anyone You would else. hope so, but think of the uh, the diesel car uh, industry in the UK, uh, a very sad example of them not getting that box right. They've been caught out uh, with the growth of the hybrid car, the electric car, yeah. and there they are. I, I, walk past, I won't name the manufacturer, but I walk past... Uh, a dealer in Leicester the other day 
and they'd got £40,000 diesel cars, brand new, that they were trying to shift from the forecourt for £21,000. Nearly a 50%. Now, exactly. Now, you, you could look at that and think, well, that's a bargain. But you could also look at that and say, well, why? What's gone wrong there from a sales and marketing point of view? And they've been caught out, really, by uh, probably senior executives with a very short-term focus. I'm in this job for three years. What they should have been looking at is five years out, seven years out, ten years out, and looking at high probability, high impact. That's where they should have put their focus. But actually, isn't that just common sense? Yeah, I, I love your matrix, but actually, is it a high probability that the world is going to change? And is it a high probability, high likelihood that that change is going to affect our business? So everything ends up in that quadrant anyway. So what that just means is that managers and directors aren't managing and directing. Well, it won't, it won't affect everybody in quite the way. You, you, if, you, if you take, for example, um, a change in the British government courtesy of a general election, you could quite rightly say... I can't imagine that ever happening. high probability, <laughs> but its impact may be, for some, massive, and for others, well, so what? And but the probability, I think we can all agree, is fairly high for both. I think it's, yeah. the, it's the impact. It's the using things like a pestle analysis, you know, yeah. political, economic, social, technological, legal, environmental, <clears throat> are those things... So at the moment, environmental issues are yeah. high, high high impact you know for for, for most organizations probably kind of trying to understand what of the myriad <clears throat> is sitting in that top and then i guess you have to be doing you have to be doing something about it you may be having to get your organization to change or its people to change and um as well as the sales and negotiation work that i that i do i also do some work around leadership and change and uh, a statistic i'm fond of quoting to to managers and leaders is that 70 research shows 70 75% of large organizational change efforts fail so you know people sometimes say well what does what do you mean by failure well it doesn't necessarily be a catastrophic failure but it just doesn't achieve its intended outcome and usually it fizzles to a to dies rather than it, you know, it, it drops all of a sudden, because change is hugely problematic. Human beings don't fundamentally like like change. We're hardwired. We like consistency. We like things to remain, other than a little variety in life. We like a lot of things to be the same. So, change is a difficult thing for organisations to achieve. I think because of that inbuilt human uh, propensity to, to not change and also managers and leaders' complete naivety about what it actually takes to make to make that change happen. Yeah, when you, when you look at all technological changes within businesses, eight out of ten technological changes within businesses fail. Yeah. And the reason they fail is because people haven't predicted what they need to do, they haven't predicted what the outcomes are going to be, they haven't looked at that impact uh, that the technological change is going to have on them that they're putting in. They've bought the wrong software. They've, they just haven't thought it through. So I think, to go back to my point that it's all in that quadrant, I think it's all about thinking. And I just get the impression that a lot of directors have stopped thinking. Mm, I, think, I think that's true. I think they've stopped thinking in anything other than their own personal time frame yeah. rather than the organisation's yeah. time frame. But that we're in a rather, you know, short termism. I'm afraid yeah. is what, is what yeah, like we do. Yeah, like you said, you need to think country. about that five, seven years ahead. That's what we do in the West. Yeah, but in uh, in in the uh, Asian culture. No, they companies. think long time ahead. 
yeah, ten, to, ten to twenty years would yeah. be typical. Yeah. Oh yeah, if you look at um, say Geert Hofstede's cultural dimensions, you know, if you have a look on his website, there's a free public domain resource. You'll see the long-term time orientation of China, yeah. Japan, etc., yeah. and they're thinking much, much, much further ahead than you know to underline yeah. to underline that yeah. point. And I think so. Therefore, it's a bit more difficult for the West culturally to do that. It doesn't mean just because it's difficult you don't do it. Mm. You need to be thinking. But I think also some of the things you think about look quite scary. Mm. You know, yeah. and we've seen lots of lots of companies fail because they've probably done an ostrich and gone, "Oh, that'll never happen." Imagine yeah. salespeople twenty-five years ago probably saying, "Oh, well, they'll always need they'll always need salespeople to to do this." Well, now a lot of it's conducted online, and sales physical salespeople are not online. Yeah. That'll never happen. <laughs> no, yeah. that, that, that internet thing will never. Thing. That internet thing will never. I, will never catch on. I do on, remember never. being asked back in the nineteen nineties, <laughs> "Do you think that will this will ever catch on this web thing?" This web thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And things like that have transformed. Um, piece of research on why change fails that I sometimes also use. Apparently, the three major reasons for change initiatives failing is uh, resistance from employees to the change, the inbuilt human thing, uh, poor communication, massive underestimation mm. of how much it takes to communicate, and poor leadership. So actually, it's leadership, really, because the leaders are responsible for <laughs> not doing the relations and the poor <laughs> communication. Linked into that, uh, I can remember reading years ago something about the pie recipe for change, P-I-E, and it referred to participation, information, and enthusiasm. All of those three are leadership issues, of course, but giving people a chance to get involved in the changeable decisions that are going to affect them. Lots of information, even including the words, I've got nothing to tell you this week. That is still information. And selling change, selling change enthusiastically rather than just announcing it or steamrolling it in. As a, as a new sales manager, I was involved in a big sales reorganisation where we, we changed from... The organization went from three vertical channels of trade to a sort of a regional structure. And it was one of my first exposures to, to sort of change leadership and change management. That We had someone who really understood that, involved in helping us, the sales managers, to make this change happen. And it's exactly to Phil's point, it was that participation. We were running workshops where the salespeople were inputting on the job standards, how the job should be done, what should be provided, how should reporting be done to get their buy-in too. Because it was quite a fundamental shift of, yeah. of working day-to-day yeah. -day life. Of a, and what what the aim was to was to minimise the inward focus time. Mm. So we were because any time that if one of your competitors, by the way, is having a change, fantastic opportunity to go and attack their customers. <laughs> Because they they they're not outwardly focused; they're inwardly yeah. focused, and and that so it might sound a bit Machiavellian, but certainly I've taken advantage of that as a as a sales manager and sales mm. director. As soon as you know your competitors going through a reorg, hit yeah. their customers hard because yeah. they're not they're not looking after them as the same way that they should yeah, be doing. Absolutely. So, um, any other thoughts, gentlemen, on on what well, what sales leaders, sales managers, and indeed sales professionals can do to help this change process inside their organisation? But if you're a sales leader and you want some change, you've got to have done the change yourself before you ask your staff to do the change. Yes. So I remember being told by a contact of mine, must be a year ago now, uh, where um, their boss had been saying that email was taking up too much of their time so we 
you know, there's just far too much time being spent on email. And so he was asking the staff to use email less frequently. And he asked the staff to do that by sending an email. So it was kind of, you know, <laughs> you know if you're suggesting that this is a behavioural change you need your staff to make, then you need to have made that behavioural change yourself first. Further to my eight leader. previous emails, I am disappointed yeah. to yeah. see that email usage has not declined. In the... yeah. But what 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 can't be understated, I think, is the impact of leadership role modelling. Graham's point exactly. It's hugely important. So if, if we bring it a little bit closer to home, let's say you introduce a new CRM system, you bring in yeah. the team, you bring in Salesforce or Microsoft Dynamics, and you just expect people to start using it. You're woefully, you're woefully, woefully uh, naive on yeah. that. You, there's hard work, there's the adoption piece, and of course, are you then using it with your people as a way of focusing, coaching them around it, you know, yeah. asking questions around it, or are you asking them still to be sending you separate Excel reports or yeah. the information you need they've already input into the CRM? You just then annoy them, adoption rates are poor, yeah. and you'll have spent a fortune on the software and the licenses and you'll never get mm. the uplift from it. Absolutely. So it's all around, I think, you know, leadership is around leading by example, you know. I, th I think trust comes into it big time. I can remember years ago, Unipart had a very um, successful culture change program and they were very upfront in saying to their workforce, there'll be nothing in a manager's briefcase that will not also be on the canteen wall. Because what they were really saying is that there won't be secret information in a manager's briefcase that you don't know about. Whatever is in that briefcase, you will also see it on the canteen wall, on a poster, or a newsletter, or whatever. And that was a very refreshing way, I think, for them in getting the trust of the workforce that they needed as part of this massive change program that was going on. Fantastic. And a, a resource I think I'd recommend if people are looking for a kind of a useful book on, on change management, uh, change leadership, Professor John Cotter's work is, I think, is very good, very, very practical for them to have a look at. And Professor Cotter makes the point that change hasn't succeeded until it's become, become sort of a, a cultural change that's taken place in the organisation. Another reason I think I've seen it fail is people take their foot off the gas way too soon. You know, you've got yeah. to you've got to put in the hard yards, keep pushing yep. to make it absolutely to become just part and parcel of the fabric. Uh, I think also the time frame needs to change. Although uh, a director, senior leader, might typically be talking about a three, six, nine month time frame, day to day operationally speaking. Uh, I think when there is a serious change going on, it's very much short term. It's these are the three things we need to do this week. Mm. And of course, by the end of the month, people would have done 12 to 15 of those and maybe seen most of them succeed and in the process start to think, OK, well, maybe this change thing isn't quite so bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, so I think it's about changing the time frame and, and going for some some early wins that give people confidence in that journey. Fantastic. I, I would just say, if your sales leaders are not leading the change, then it's time to change the leaders. Oh, what a, a pithy point to finish on. I was. He's looking very smug. He is, he is. It's taken me ages to work that one out. <laughs> I was about to make some lame joke about if there are pies involved, I'm all for it. Yeah. But I think Jay Graham's profound <laughs> phrase... Has to be the thing that we should have. I'm going to have to play the recording this because I can't remember what it is now. <laughs> he, he wins smug look of the day. 
<laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Mr. Smug Graham Jones, uh, Phil Jesson, and Simon Hazeldean for the Sales Chat Show. Good luck with leading all of that change, folks. It's not an easy thing to do, but if you get it right, the rewards can be absolutely fantastic. A ton of other episodes, 100 plus, available from Sales Chat Show, a saleschatshow.com website or wherever you get your normal uh, wherever you get your podcast from normally so thank you very much for listening folks and we look forward to seeing you next time you have been listening to an episode of the sales chat show to stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success please visit saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening to this episode and from everyone here at the sales chat show we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling (laughs) 